When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me in studio. Good afternoon to you. Hi there. Jane, you are very welcome. Now, before we get into questions, I want to give a mention to this and we are going to do a follow up on this tomorrow. But I promised we got asked if we do it around the vet slot and it is from the West Cork Animal Welfare Group. They are having their annual walk next Sunday at half past two, meeting at the Long Strand in Castle Freak. And they've got a wonderful afternoon planned and there'll be teas and coffees and cakes and a craft stall and a raffle and lots and lots of nice things going on. And Rebel, the dog that they took in that they found very badly injured, the kid a neck injury, uh, he's going to lead off the walk. And we featured Rebel on the show earlier this year with the injuries that he had sustained. And we're going to do a follow up on Rebel tomorrow on the programme as well but just to let people know that that is happening next Sunday and those animal welfare groups uh, Jane they do incredible work don't they? Absolutely incredible work and so so dedicated I know there's a, a lot of animal welfare groups around but also the ISPCA they do incredible work and my heart goes out to them they do the toughest job I think they see the toughest situations yeah. with the animals in, in really sometimes terrifyingly appalling conditions and I think it's credit you both to the people involved in caring for those and rehabilitating those patients but also the dogs themselves their ability to regain trust and kind of have a lust for life after being through kind of unspeakable things um, is incredible mm. I really just find they're so resilient It's great they're, they're, they're terrific actually when yeah. you talk about the ISPCA I couldn't even read that story about that little pony that was found I, in the, in the, I just couldn't even read it and, and I just I heard one of the inspectors say you know it's on the road to recovery but the minute you'd walk in it would face the wall hoping that nobody would eyeball exactly. him God help exactly. just dreadful OK let's get straight into questions first thing a very open question from Michael is a dog or a cat better for a single person? Oh well I think it really depends on your home life situation so if let's say you are somebody who's out working nine to five every day and have maybe lots of evening commitments, I would suggest perhaps our, a cat would be better. And I think also if, let's say, you live in, a, live in quite an urban environment and wouldn't have time to, let's say, take your pet out walking and have lots of free space and out and lots of fresh air, possibly a cat is better. They're very independent creatures. They sometimes deal quite well if you do need to have, let's say, a fully indoor situation. A lot of them can adapt quite well to that. Um, but they're also very independent creatures. They'll just kind to go off and do their own thing. They really enjoy human company and certainly need a lot of care and attention. Um, but certainly and they will bond. Oh, uh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They, a 
lot of them become like little cuddle monsters to be totally yeah. honest um, but they are a little bit more resilient to being left alone for short periods of time um, obviously they need lots of care and attention same kind of provisions food water lots of TLC veterinary attention um, whether it's a dog or a cat but if you're going to be out all day maybe a cat is better um, in the case of a single person however I suppose if you have time on your hands or if you have let's say uh, a house with a garden maybe you have the opportunity to pop home during the day and you would have the time to devote to a dog then I think a dog is a lovely thing uh, like great companion great companion but also they'll get you out and about Yeah, and I think that's really really important I, I know perhaps when I was younger in my single days um, my dog was my best friend uh, you know it would get me out it would be my excuse to go for a walk in the evening and I think certainly from a mental health point of view it's great to get you out and you have company and you have somebody driving you to not just sit on the sofa and slob about all evening saying that they can be quite high maintenance um, you do need to make sure you have enough time and and I suppose attention, it's not something that's going to, you know, uh, be a one hit wonder as where you're buying you're buying a dog or a cat for life. So you need to make sure that you're prepared for the commitment. And if your circumstances change, that you'll be able to adapt that around the lifestyle of your pet. Um, and I consider rescue. Consider rescuing, but also consider the breed you're going to get. I think this is probably more important on the dog side of things behaviourally. But certainly size plays a big role, but also temperament. I would say personally, if you want the best of both worlds and let's say you're a single person, you might have time to take them for a hundred walks in the day, but let's say you have a a good amount of garden space for them. Think about maybe some of the breeds that wouldn't pop to mind immediately. Maybe think about a greyhound or something like that. They'll slob on the sofa with you, have a grand old time, but then they'll go for a big run with you. Yeah. You know, think of the breeds that are less often let's say considered um, and keep keep an open mind I think speak to your vet as well yeah We're and really I also would direct advice. you to a website and we did an interview with them last week called Pet Bond and I don't know if yeah. you have you seen them mm-hmm. these are wonderful and the, it's a safe and trusted online platform where they'll help you find a happy and a healthy pet but they help to match you up as well they'll go mm-hmm. through they'll ask you loads of different questions and, and whatever and they're linked into various rescue centres from around the country That's as well really it's, it's, it's yeah. really good so I would direct you towards there yeah. and, and it's not just cats and dogs they do they, they do all this actually stay on the lurchers because mm-hmm. D in Middleton says I've just rescued a lurcher greyhound cross lovely uh, very poor condition but any any tips on what to do on the sort of the bonding side I'm assuming we've we've got the vet and all of that but the bonding side uh, of it I think time yeah I really think particularly when you've rehomed a pet you don't know particularly what their previous situation would have been a lot of the time. And I think we need to make a good deal of allowances for them just to have a lot of settling in time. And that includes alone time. So with you around the house, but them having their own space to go and find their comfy spot, to spend some time alone, kind of assimilating their environment, getting used to things, watching, listening, learning the normal sounds of the house, learning what you sound like. Um, Essentially, most dogs and cats are creatures of habit. The more routine you can give them, particularly if it's a rehomed pet where their previous life may have been a little bit uncertain, routine is the best thing. I know my own, let's say, dog, she's fierce nervous. Um, her name is Margot and she works like clockwork. It's five past eight. She wakes up. She decides it's time to go out and pee and poo. She comes back in. It's her breakfast. And then it's time to go to work. And in the evening, everything works in reverse. She'll tell me at half past five, right, it's time to go home. And then she'll hop into the car. So she is works like clockwork and routine is, is you know, how long is she with priority. you? She's with us now about two years. And she's still yeah. nervous. She's less nervous if her routine is kept very steady. 
Okay. I think that goes Do all for... Do is that, is that common with all dogs? I think most, yeah. But I, especially I, I rescued say, ones. Particularly rescue ones. Yeah. We, have two, we have two rescue dogs and they really, they have different personalities, but routine really rules for them. It gives them a structured environment. They know what time things are going to happen. They know it's predictable. They know nothing scary is going to happen. Ah, bless it. Just so keeps them safe. Keeps them safe. So I would yeah. say to this listener, give it time, give them space, keep everything very routine. Um, okay. and I'm sure that bond will get there eventually okay, a lot good, of the time once they settle with they good become really with great uh, Joan has a four month old golden retriever puppy biting a lot ah. we've tried ignoring him um, but he's it's just, just it's not working still going yeah this is really really common um, at this point in time at four months of age they're kind of like a toddler yeah. they're testing out their environment terrible twos kind terrible of terrible twos yeah so they're testing out their environment and they're also teething at this point a little bit so it's very much like a, a baby or a toddler teething they kind of want to bite down on things they have this funny feeling in their mouth and they don't quite know what to do with it so part of it can be that but a lot of the time let's say behavioural nipping is testing the boundaries okay. they're trying to see what they can kind of get away with um, and they're treating you almost like another member of their pack. And a lot of that involves, let's say, a little bit of play fighting sometimes, okay. traditionally. This is not appropriate behaviour. <laughs> and I think I would stress that it's not something that they'll grow out of. It's something that you need to manage. I would say the easiest thing to do is to not allow it for any period of time, just nip it in the bud. And the best way of doing that is ignoring it. Okay. So all they want you to do is engage in play. And if you do that by squealing or shouting or going, you know, doing, they let's say, that, shouting yeah. at them, they it, see that as works. you engaging. Yeah. The best thing you can do, if puppy is up in your arms and starts nibbling and having a chew or a bite, the best thing you can do is quietly put the puppy down on the floor, walk away, ignore it. Um, okay. End the playtime. It'll take a little while. It'll Don't take eyeball, a bit of, no. No, no, yeah. nothing like okay. that. I would, you know, not engage, put them down or even pop them into their crate um, or into a calm room. Give them some time to chill out. It's very much like a toddler throwing a tantrum. Um, just give them time to wind that back down a little bit. There is no place for aggression in this. Um, there's no place for shouting or anything like that. It's really just about disengaging from the playtime, letting them know that if they nip, playtime ends. So it's okay. they associated and, with that. And because thing. it's going to be a mm. big dog. It is. And I think, you know, we find as vets, the, the nippiest dogs tend to be the smallest ones. Is it? Yeah. That's mainly because they're seen as, let's say, not, not they don't have a potential to cause too much damage in the eyes of the owner. So a lot of the time they're left away with this kind of nipping behaviour. And you and have it to stop it, itself. whether it's a big or a small dog. Whether and it's actually, a big jo- or a small dog. Jo- yeah. Joan also wants advice on puppy training. They are using a crate at night and that's working, but having mm. no luck during the day. Ah. The puppy is alone for about four hours during the day. Okay. So I think you're doing a great job using the crate at night. I think a lot of the time they just need a safe place and the crate kind of becomes their den. So if you make it really nice and cosy and comfortable, they won't want to mess up their den. So they'll try and hold it as long as they're physically able to. And a lot of the time until puppies are about six months of age, they physically can't really hold their bladder. Um, so we need to make allowances for the fact that sometimes they, however much they might want to hold it, they can't. So I suppose my main bit of advice would be give them as many opportunities as possible to get it right. Now, during the day, if you're having no luck, 
I know you have a let's say a four hour period where they have to be left alone and, and that's okay I suppose we all have to live in the real world um, and if that's what's manageable for you then that's fine but I think all of the time that you are there take them out to the garden really regularly give them as many opportunities to do their peas and poos outside in the right spot if they do go ahead and toilet properly outside make them feel like the best dog ever you lots know, of praise lots of praise lots of positive reinforcement maybe even a treat here yeah. or there um, I think that works really really well a lot of the time and also final word would be once they've done their peas and their poos don't take them straight back inside let them sniff around the garden for another two or three minutes because it's very much like ending the playtime with the biting if they think the playtime ends when they pee and poo they're slow to do it. They're slow good to point. do it. That's a good point. So yeah. stay on a little bit exactly. uh, longer. Hi, I've got a four-year-old Cavachon refusing to eat. I've tried changing his nuts. I've tried lots of different types of food. Chicken, fillets, slices of ham, etc. Any tips on how to get him to eat? He's a fussy eater. Mm. All of these warming flea doses, everything like that is up to date. Just a fussy eater. Just a fussy fella. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've done a really good job trying out a few different things. And it sounds like this little dog is actually having a a, a great old time trying out all the, the lovely snacks, the ham and the chicken, etc. Um, it can be a little bit difficult. I would just, as long as everything is okay otherwise, let's say we're bright, bouncy, acting normally. Um, we're not, let's say, struggling to eat hard food over soft food. Then I would say maybe we just have a picky eater on our hands. I wouldn't be in favour of changing the diet every day. Okay. I would try and pick a good quality diet. Speak to your vet about what would be a good quality, complete diet that they have experience with dogs finding quite tasty. Okay. Okay. And stick with it. I think sometimes dogs, if they've had a treat or two when they've refused to eat their dinner, they'll sometimes hold out until they can get the good stuff. They'll fool us all. They'll pretend I'm not eating my dinner until I get the really good snacks. So they'll be waiting for the sausages and the black pudding and all the exciting stuff that they might get when we're desperate to get them to eat something and we'll kind of cave and give them the junk food. Um, they're very clever, very wily also. So he, like, he knows what he's doing. Uh, sometimes they do. Now, that would be the really fussy picky eater. So I would say try and pick a stable diet and stick with it for at least a week. Because if, he, if yeah. he gets hungry enough, he will eat. He should eat. And I think yeah. a lot of the time, if it is truly a picky eater, it's just finding the right fit. But I wouldn't try and change the diet every day. I would try and give everything a week at a time. Okay. Now, the one thing I would say is just make sure that if, if there is maybe some problem with eating... I wouldn't want to do a picky eater the disservice of ignoring the fact it might have dental disease. Okay. So it's like ourselves with a toothache. We might feel less inclined to Four eat. year old. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, quite, yeah. It's possible. Anything's yeah. possible. Yeah. I would probably pop to your vet. It'll give you a good opportunity to have a discussion about nutrition and different diet options and what might be good for a picky eater. But also it'll give your vet a good opportunity just to check the oral health. So check that all the teeth look steady, that there's not a gum disease problem that would be causing pain when we're eating and making them a little bit more reluctant or even signs that might not be immediately apparent to you but a vet will be able to maybe see a pattern of problems Okay, alright, good advice as always Jane thank you for that, have a lovely week and we'll chat to you again next week, that is uh, Jane Peckett, the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group